Before we begin, remember we are not medical professionals or lawyers or the like. We just like to tell people what they should do in their life. Also, we're drinking a lot. So take everything we say with a grain of salt and a lime wedge and a shot of tequila. Just before I started recording, so I didn't catch it. What? You're opening your can of beer. Yeah. Today. <laughs> hey, how's it going, man? I actually see your I voted bu- pin or sticker. So clear. I'm a booby right there. I'm a booby right there. <laughs> Yay, voting! Yay! Nothing went wrong. I voted and it worked. Yay! Me Yay. too. Yay! I know that we want to promote mail-in ballots, but I really like to go in person. Okay. I just like the the going in person. So that's the fine. community that's sort of experience of it. And all those senior citizens who don't know that, who've never seen a machine before. <laughs> <laughs> It goes in there. You don't have to keep it in the little thingy. Just just put it in there. Just put it in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sounds about right. That's hilarious. Um, yeah, I just have to fill my ballot out. And last time, so like when I voted in this house two years ago for like whatever was the November, there was a ballot. Well, first of all, there's a ballot by the park down the street, not mm-hmm. the, or a ballot box, like Dropbox, not there anymore. So they're like, you have to go to the Belmont library. I'm like, okay, no problem. It's like, it's very close by. It's like less than a yeah. mile away. Drive over there. And the box was like right out front. So you couldn't miss it. And the last time when I went, it was not there. And I just thought they got rid of it because there were like weird ballot box watchers or something like that. Yeah. So they, you had mm-hmm. to go and sign to drop it. And so that's what I did last time. And I got a sticker because you don't get one. You <laughs> drop it in a ballot box. Yeah. And then today I went at lunch to drop my ballot off and I looked at this line. I was like, you fucking kidding me? Like inside the library. I'm like, I got shit to do. So I was like, to the person in front of me, I was like, um, is this like the voting in person library or drop or library voting in person line or like dropping your ballot offline? And he's like, I don't know, but I'm pretty sure there's a ballot drop box outside. And it's like, I didn't see it. And he's like, yeah, just go down further. And it was right there. It was probably, there were big flags by it. Like, how, I don't know. There was somebody parked in front of it. So maybe that, but I was like, I'm an idiot. So I had to put them in there and go about my business. And I did my duty. And, and now it's just waiting with fucking bated breath to see what goes on. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah. Um, also i'm on npr right now like looking to see what was going on and uh they're like here are some key state ballot measures from abortion to marijuana to slavery and i was like excuse me yeah mm-hmm. i was insane. like slavery what mm-hmm. what mm-hmm. and then no listen to this listen okay listen criminal justice Five states are considering measures that would amend their constitutions to remove slavery under any terms, specifically as a punishment for crime, because we allow that in the U.S. Mm -hmm. We allow incarcerated people to be used as slaves in prison. And five states are moving it. And are you ready? 
for the two of them that shocked me. What? Oh, what? Alabama and Louisiana. Good job. Hopefully it goes at least, right? It's on, yeah. Hell, I'm just impressed they got on their fucking ballot. Yeah. Mm hmm. So, also, the other three are uh, Vermont, Oregon, and Tennessee, which actually I'm kind of a little surprised for Tennessee too, but not as much as Alabama. <laughs> go so. states, go states, go states. <laughs> Mm-mm. what's new with you what's new pussycat um what's new with me i have started a thing called the artist way so i've joined a little group i don't know if Ooh. you've heard of that Mm-mm. it's something that anna my friend anna who's been on the show was part yeah. of and she's like uh we need somebody else come and do it with me and so we're doing it and it's really a like a zoom session every wednesday which we read through this book. It's called mm-hmm. The Artist Way. I think I've heard of the book. Yeah. And it has exercises and it talks about like ways to kind of clear your mind or re-energize it or start the start the creative juices rolling. Um, one of the things is that you have to write three pages, journal for, for three pages in the morning or whenever, like a day, three pages a day. I haven't done that yet. <laughs> I haven't done three pages at all. <laughs> That's so much. Though. Like, let's be honest. Yeah, I can yeah. barely keep up with my one line a day journal. <laughs> yeah. And what, what's the other thing? The thing is you have to have sort of an artist's moment or experience, like go to a museum or, or, um, I don't know. That's the only thing I paint something or go to do something that's sort of artist inspired, right? Or go to a play or something like that. And I haven't done that yet this week. <laughs> um, but I did feel like some juices started going in my little head on that. I like that. It's a Wednesday night. So we do Wednesday nights and it's like, ooh, yeah. So the thing that got going is that we were, one of the exercises was to think of a space that you can be creative in that is just your space. Mm-hmm. It's like create that space. And so I've got a coal room down in my basement that's like six by six. And I'm going to put, I'm going to turn it into like a little speakeasy. And get yes, like, I love like that. Oh my God. One side is like wood paneling and then, I don't know, paint or whatever. And then um, like, fake tin ceiling and some some carpeting and cushioning and I kind of like want this this artist's table that will fold up into the wall and then like a Murphy bed kind of thing uh yeah so I've got (laughs) I've got the wood paneling and I just bought a jigsaw I think that's what it's called and I'm gonna start cutting things. I love it. And so I'm That's so, so nervous and excited about it, but ah! I'm also very excited about the saw that's coming in the mail tomorrow from Amazon. I love that. Like, I have so oh. many things to cut with it. <laughs> <laughs> that's so cool. Yeah, yeah. So I'll have like before and hopefully after pictures. <laughs> yes, I can't but, wait to see mm-hmm. it. 
So it's just a little space that that doesn't get any use out of it. I use it for storage, essentially, and it's not even that full of stuff. So emptying it out. I love it. Get some electricity in there because it's just like a room. That's it. It's where (laughs) it's where um, people were growing stuff. I think they were growing uh, medicinal herbs. Got it. Got it. Mm -hmm. That's my plan. I'm kind of excited about it. Although I get tired whenever I, I go it. down there in that little block, I'm like, oh, okay, I can do this. But you now that I have it. the jigsaw, oh, I'm going to be yes. all over it. Cause I'm like, once you have it, this? yeah, once you get started, it's going to be, you're not going to feel that way. Mm-hmm. Cause there's one little, like the ceiling is mostly done and would be ready for the fake tin ceiling, but there's mm-hmm. one spot that's kind of open and like, I already have the wood to put in that one spot and I can just cut it with the jigsaw and yeah. put it up there and then it will be complete. And then I just put the, t- anyway, I'm ready. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. great. Oh, yeah. I love it. That's so cool. Um, <laughs> how are you going to do electricity? Are you going to do real electricity? Are you going to get like a, like a battery operated, like lights that you picture you stick up that you have a remote for? So it's still, so it's in the basement Mm -hmm. and the ceiling has access to the rest of the ceiling of the basement, which has electricity. So I'd imagine that I could just take a line from one of the lights in the basement and just feed it into the ceiling of the call room. Hell, one of my light fixtures in my basement is not just a light fixture, but it has a plug in it. So oh, there yeah. is a second light in the basement that is a, that when I turn that one on, it turns on because it is plugged in mm-hmm. to that mm-hmm. light fixture. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. So it's something I could probably get my brother to do, but it might be something that I can do. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I am handy, I think. Yes, you are. <laughs> I've, seen, I've seen your wallpaper. <laughs> I, I went to D.C. with mom. Right. I had that whole vacation thing. And she yeah. she like held my hand for a minute. She's like, your hands are so rough. And I'm like, They're, they are. <laughs> she's like, you work with your hands a lot, don't you? Like, I, I guess so. I didn't realize they were so rough, though. <laughs> That's so funny. Apparently, Thanks, I'm very calloused hands, according to my mom. <laughs> oh, That's so, so that's that's what I got going on. How about you? Um, well, I was in Boston again last week. I just, I'm ready to call my second favorite restaurant in the world, and it's in Boston. Oh, nice. So my first favorite restaurant in the world is the Purple Pig in Chicago. Okay. My second favorite restaurant in the world. And I say this obviously having not been to every restaurant in the world, but I've been to quite a few places and eaten at quite a few restaurants. So I feel qualified to say that my personal second favorite restaurant in the world is called the Neptune room in Boston. It's so good. It's this little oyster bar or it's the, it's the Neptune oyster bar, not the Neptune. Is that the picture you sent me with the oysters? Did I send you a picture of food? Yeah. The oysters in it. Yeah. It was so fucking good. I know I did buy this, like I did buy this ridiculous. Yay. Um, buy four oysters which looks crazy oh yeah i was looking to see what pictures i'd sent you um but i got distracted by another text message because the theater that i do improv at (coughs) that i haven't started doing improv at at, but i'm about to is um they're just they're finally getting their flooring in oh cool yeah yes 
anyway. No, I don't think I sent you pictures. What I sent you, wait, I don't see any pictures of oysters in what I sent you. Did I not see what that was? Did you see it on Facebook or on Instagram? Maybe I I saw it on Facebook. Uh, because the only food pictures I sent you recently are from the wedding that I went to yeah, last Saturday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I saw was it so good and had the best food I've ever had at a wedding and was, was the most fun pretty. I've ever had at a wedding. And I told my dad this and he was like, yeah, Kim, but your wedding, like people are still talking about it. And I was like, that's great. But I'm like, I'm sick. And then my brother was like, this is great. But I like, I mean, I have more fun at your wedding. I was like, oh, thank you. Thank you so much. And then I went to the groom's mom and I was like, I just want you to know that I am having the most fun I've ever had at a wedding here before right now. Like, and she goes, but Kim, your wedding was so great. And I was like, thank you. But I'm saying as the person that got married in my wedding, I'm having more fun right now than I Because there's less to think about. No, it was, I mean, I love my wedding too. But yeah. And then my mom has gone back to saying, I wouldn't have done anything different for your wedding because I think Chase finally said something last time I was home because she kept slightly complaining every time at my wedding. Um, and, and Chase finally said something cause I would come home and be like, they won't stop talking about it. I don't know what to do. <laughs> and, and he was like, well, sorry to hear Kim mentioned. You'd said like, they, you know, like <laughs> and then I, back to, I wouldn't do anything different except she would have come with me to get ready, which I would have preferred too. like, frankly, I, uh-huh. I told her to come with me, but she didn't. So. Oh yeah. There were a lot of bridesmaids surrounding you though. Like she would have yeah. had to fight her way in. Yeah, that's fair, but she's like... It would have been Moses separating us yes. Yes, yeah. like at, the, at the ocean. But, but otherwise, yes, like it was, it was so much The Red fun. Sea, right. Yes. <laughs> they had, the Red they sea. had glow sticks. Why didn't we have glow sticks? We could have had glow sticks. Yeah, you could have. I didn't even think about mm-hmm. it. It was great. I, I definitely fell. Not because I was drunk. Because somebody came up to my mom and said, here, try this drink. And then proceeded to dump it all down the front of her dress. So hopefully oh. she's able to like get her dress cleaned and get it. It was like a seltzer. So it's probably oh, right, fine. Right. But, but so then I slipped in this seltzer water on the dance floor and fell on my ass. And then <laughs> my dad like had a fucking grip on my arm and I had to be like, let go of my arm so I can get up. I do not need help to get up. I do need you to let go of me so I can do so. <laughs> and then next day he was like, you fell? I'm like, okay, dad, you like. <laughs> like there's a whole thing. <laughs> yeah, there was a whole thing, dad. Cause I mentioned, mom was telling me about it. I was like, oh God, that must've been what I slipped in and fell. And dad was like, you fell? I'm like, yeah, dad, you were there. <laughs> but it was so much fun. My mom and dad were there. My brother was there. Mm-hmm. I looked really great. Everyone loved my dress. I got so many compliments on my dress. It was a very um, pretty dress. It's the first, like, real thing I've had to wear, too. I wore it to Hamilton over the summer, too. But I, like, yeah. bought it with, like, no reason to wear it. It was perfect because it's, it. like, fall weather, too. It's, like, perfect. Exactly. It's a perfect and color I was worried because, yeah, when we got to, um, we got to Chicago on Friday, and it was hot. It was, like, 70 or 75, and I was, like, this is a long sleeve dress, and it's going to be a wedding, and it's going to be hot. And then, like, overnight, the temperature turned to, like, fall weather. Yeah. It's going to go back again, though. It's going to be 70. Yeah. It's At least here in here Lansing, I should say. It's going to be yeah. 70 on Thursday. It's so fucking weird. I don't tell, baby. Ugh. I feel like I started watching a show, and I wanted to tell you about it, and I can't remember what it was. I watched a show, at a movie on Netflix, a documentary on Netflix about orgasm. It's called oh, yeah. Orgasm. And it is, it's called orgasm. 
And it's it what? is, it's called Orgasm. Okay, yes. And it's about a cult. Mm. Interesting. Orgasm show. I have to. Orgasm. I'm sure I've got, this is not my work phone. Yeah, Orgasm, Orgasm Inc., The Story of One Taste. And it's the the guru was a, was a a woman who'd um who whose father was in jail for um, molesting many many children like 150 I think was the number he's actually yeah and he used her as bait basically and then later Ooh. she yeah she was uh. She was a sex worker. Um, and then they started, she started doing, I think she did a TED talk about okay. female orgasm. And so it, it was men giving women pleasure by bringing them to orgasm, which is lovely. You know, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but then it evolved or devolved into a women one thing they said which blew my mind i'm like what that women can't they can't play the victim anymore so they can't be victims anymore so in order to not be a victim and not experience rape women should accept the sex um no that nope. it's men's I actually think that's pri- not how that works primal need oh i hate that accepted oh. it's not rape and so you're never a victim no jesus christ and it became a cult essentially there's still it was i think i really like the cult documentaries because it fascinates me yes um but it, it was, it became a sex cult, essentially. And what they get is a, what it kind of evolved into was they get a lot of men, of course, it's all about money, right? So they'd get a lot of men to sign up and they'd give money, but they'd only have like two women. So they'd have their employees, female employees come into these exercises or, or whatever, or workshops or whatever, then they, I'm really bringing this podcast down. And then one of the other things I talked about is that in order, in the employee world, in their workforce world, workplace world, that if they had a disagreement with one of their colleagues, they'd be asked to have sex with each other. Like they'd be told basically to have oh sex with my, each other. I hate that. Because it's really, the tension is really sexual by nature and not... <laughs> communication it. or something. What? That's not how it works. That is not how um, this shit works. I did not know this thing existed. I think I remember the TED Talk, but I did not know this thing existed. I'm just, I'm fascinated by the idea of cults and how people get, like, these were, like, progressive. Many of them educated, and they were just followed up by this cult. Oh, like, that's wow. wild. Wow. It's wild. Yeah. Oh, no. That's crazy. Are you looking it up right now? 
No, I was looking at the at voting shit. <laughs> Sorry. I saw that that the House currently has zero Dems and two Republicans. That they've called for. Anyway, I think that's what it is. Yeah, anyway, yeah, so yeah. sorry. Um, no, that's that's nuts. Um, it's a fascinating documentary. And it starts off like, oh, yeah, these people are having, like, lovely yeah. orgasms and, like, really stress-relieving kind of things. And they're like, no. <laughs> uh, yeah, and then there's, like, scenes of rape. Um, yeah, Ew. so, by the way, sorry, this might be triggering to some people. Um. Yeah, that's I don't. That's gross. I don't. It was so manipulative. It's so interesting. Yeah, it's it's uh, awful and fascinating. It's like, yeah. And I think to myself, like, could I? Is there a world in which I could be pulled into a cult? Like, is there a cult that I could be pulled into? Sure. Yeah. And I I don't know. I think I'm not committed enough to anything to be pulled into a cult. (laughs) Fair enough. I don't think I like anything enough to be like pulled into. I've always been, I don't know. What's the word? Not critical. I've always been suspicious of large groups of people promoting this. And maybe if I was younger, maybe if I was 18, 19, I would have been ready probably to jump into some sort of cult experience. I'm trying but to after that, I like I remember going to these workplace HR things, and they'd be saying things like "fill your bucket with joy" and things you like yes. about your job. And I'd be, "What is this bullshit? How about you just pay us?" I more? know, I do too. That person would be full. I actually just had this conversation with somebody recently, like not a full conversation, but I was talking about like I have insomnia, and one of the ways I sleep sometimes helps me sleep as I listen to affirmation videos, which I think are such bullshit. Like I don't believe any of them. I don't believe listening to a video telling I love myself. I am worthy. I like, that's not going to do anything. Yeah. <laughs> what it does for me though, is that I repeat the words after it. And it's just enough of a distraction to keep my brain from thinking about other things. So I have to focus mm-hmm. just enough to repeat these words, but it's also not enough to stimulation to keep me awake. So it helps me sleep, but I don't believe in, I don't believe listening to affirmations eight hours while you're asleep is going to retrain your subconscious. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's bullshit. Mm-hmm. I listened to this podcast uh, recently called Guru, which was about a cult, and it was mm. super and, and the self help industry. It was a really interesting. Oh, the self help industry is so cultish. Oh, my God. oh yes, oh my God. there well, is such kind of a what this is. One. This is like yes. a, a the, so the orgasm actually, thing is like a self yeah. category of the exactly. self help. Yeah. Also, another one I listened to. Um, it's called. What that I call that I haven't listened to in a while, but it, it's called um, the Dream. Mm-hmm. And the first season is all about MLMs. Oh, God. And the second season is about, um, is about like the self-help industry and like that, like, because as a spinoff of it. Yeah. And what was really funny is this woman grew up in Okemos. So uh-huh. she's talking about her experience growing up there oh. in mid-Michigan. And I'm like, it's so familiar. Like she lives in LA now, but I'm like, she grew up like two towns over from us. Mm -hmm. I can see what she's wearing. (laughs) Yeah. I know. Yeah. Yeah. We all went to the same Uh, mall. Yep. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Oh no. She grew up in Owasso, not Okemos. Oh. Anyway. 
That's so she may not have. That's actually more. Off. Yeah, that's true. But economically, <laughs> economically, that's more similar to us than exactly Okamis because Okamis is a little bit hot, hoity toity. Yeah. Um, I wish I could remember what I started watching recently that I was like, oh, Jennifer should watch a shoot. I have to tell her about it. She would like it. Have you started listening, watching the new Mike Flanagan show on Netflix? Wait, which one it's is called that? the Midnight Club? Yes. He's the guy that did the. Yes, yes, yes. I'm yes, in the yes, middle yes, of it. Absolutely. Yes. yes, I'm in the middle of it. And I actually really enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I started watching it and then I wasn't like into it in the first episode. But then the other day I was like on a flight and I hadn't downloaded anything, but I had downloaded it before I was like, hey, I'm not super into it. And so it was all I had. And so now I'm sucked in. Thankfully. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I thought bef- the previews kind of made it look like it was like a teenage teenage melodrama and um it's not i mean it sort of is but it's it's creepier than that so yeah yeah i mean i'm enjoying it i'm trying to remember what the other one is i think i tried to download it on netflix and um on my app i'll have to look it up and tell you about it there's a show that i was watching it was on amazon but i think it was like discovery actually because i have discovery on amazon anyway so it was it was a british family who bought a funeral oh, you told home? me about it. I did tell you, you told about me. it. Okay. Yep. They, it's That's only like one. six episodes or seven episodes. It's finished. I think. I think it's finished because they had their open nice. house and invited everybody in. It was really cool. Nice. <laughs> it was really but I know. Cool. I, I think we should change our podcast description to talk about how we always talk about what TV we're watching before we get <laughs> yeah. into the advice. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> what are you drinking? I... I'm drinking something called Cleaned Cocktail, a gin and blood orange Ooh. mix, and it's, yeah, craft-made blood orange soda, Yum. small batch premium gin. It's a tasty, yeah. Nice. Mm-hmm. I'm drinking Pink Guava Funk. It is Ooh. a sour ale with pink guava. It's pretty good. Oh, okay. Yum. I, as cheers. usual lately, because I cannot cheers, um... <laughs> Because I cannot organize my life fucking properly right now. I have a rehearsal tonight, so I can't drink too much. <laughs> but we do need to put on the books a this drunk, Saturday or next a drunk, a drunk yeah. recording where it can't be this Saturday because I have plans this Saturday. <laughs> I, I'm having I'm you having a me, wine party this Saturday. Saturday. Yeah. Uh, but the 19th, I think I am open. The 19th, would you like to have a three hour long, two episode recording where we get the steward so we can do it for our, 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 our yeah, uh, let, let's do die it. hard fans that might still be here or not? Who knows? Yeah, anyway, let's do it. Let's anymore. do it. Great. I, you know, okay. I've had a couple of people come up to me and said they listened to it. Well, nice. one person. So, and then I told her to listen, to, the, listen to, to, it. to the earlier episodes because they're hilarious yeah they're what well, they're the original idea it has changed it since has then, it's just it's not sustainable it's just it really wasn't yeah so um speaking of the concept of the podcast do we want to answer some questions sure yeah i think it's your turn to start right i wasn't sure if it was my turn to start or not and so i put oh, the, but I don't have the sign on. very long one in the middle because I, I was trying to inflict that on me and not on you. But it's on you now. So sorry, you have the really long-ass one. That's okay. I tried to cut I cut it down, actually. Like Good. I lot. didn't really have a chance to. I tried to. to, like, mush ideas into one sentence. So. Perfect. We'll see if it works out. Oh. Okay. 
I'm 19 years old, currently working 40 hours a week and preparing to go to college. I still live with my parents at the moment, and it's hell. My phone and computer shuts off at 10 every night, and I have to go to bed. I still get grounded. I have a curfew. It does not matter to them that I'm an adult, a man. All they know is that it's their roof I live under, which is understandable, but should I not be treated differently than my younger siblings? Signed, a full-on adult. Yeah. Poor thing. That sounds awful. (laughs) Your parents suck. I think he's kind of stuck that way. I think, I mean, I think he can have conversations, of course, with his parents and say, hey, let's try to create more reasonable boundaries. Right. But I, they're kind of right. It's their roof. Yeah, but I mean, like, I mean, they're unreasonable. So, like, how can we talk to them about being less unreasonable? What about paying, like, rent? It doesn't have to be a lot of rent. But if you start, if you have, like, a rent agreement, you can create more realistic boundaries right or can you find can you find someone to move in with like a roommate Uh and move out um yeah i don't acknowledge you as as a grown-ass adult um can you that was me sending you a picture of my boots you know i don't because they're a grown-ass adult i don't like, can they give him a curfew? Like, they have no control over him. As he's, he's they a, don't. They can't ground you. You can uh, unless they are locking you in your space, you. which yeah. is then false imprisonment. Yeah, they can't ground you. They can kick you yeah. out if you don't follow their rules, and that's something you have to potentially live with and risk. But like, they can't. They don't control you anymore. You're yeah. They haven't for over a year. Yeah, I have probably at least a year and a half, and you're yeah. still letting them. So next time they try to say you're grounded, you can say, "Mom and Dad, look, I love you, and I understand that you're having a hard time adjusting to me now being an adult and being able to make my own decisions." But you really can't ground me anymore. If you that is going to affect, press. yes, yeah, legally you cannot <laughs> I'm ground sure me anymore. You can't ground me up. Um, if that's going to affect. This living arrangement, like me not allowing you to do that anymore and me not al- me not going to bed at 10 o'clock, that's fine. We can have that discussion like adults if you don't think, if you're not comfortable with me living in your home, if I'm not abiding by those rules mm-hmm. anymore. But I am an adult now and you cannot force me to turn my computer off or my phone off or have a curfew of 10. So yeah, let's yeah. have a discussion about this like the adults we all are yeah and be ready to move out like if they mm-hmm. are if they push it like if they're like okay well you know I, sure? i've been talking with a friend i'm ready that, that i'm going to be moving out at this point in time and um and that's just a direct reaction to you're not being able to treat me as an adult in my living space as of now and so i need to find a space where i can where I am treated as an adult, and unfortunately, that's not here in your home anymore. And how, we, is, how do they shut off his phone and his computer? I mean, presumably, well, first of all, they could be turning off the internet at 10 p.m. Yeah. Like the Wi-Fi or something like yeah. that, but your phone would still connect. They could be, just have a rule. You have to turn it off at 10 and go to bed, and if you don't, you're grounded. And that doesn't apply to you. You're an adult. 
Plus, as a student, you're going to need access to your phone and your computer after 10, especially if you're working 40 hours a week, too. Like, yeah. you got to fit the studying in somewhere. Ugh, right. This is right. this is bothersome to me. I think you need to, if you can't have a, a conversation with them, an adult conversation with them, then I think you need to figure out how to separate yourself from them. Yeah. Because this be is very controlling and a little scary. And it's like, hey. they, you are growing up. Yeah. You need to be considered, you are 19 need to have that access i mean if you can be sent to prison as an adult i think your parents can kind (laughs) of did you see by the way that adnan syed they let him out and then they dropped all the charges Mm. he's freeing out amazing yes i did i did see that anyway sorry distraction people are gonna get sued yeah rightly so they have new they have new people they think did it Wow. They did good. DNA tests and uh-huh. found, and and then the two people that they think could have been involved, like one of them raped a woman and one of them so like, they did conti- something else. They went on to yeah. do, to do yeah, bad, more on, bad things. Yeah. <sighs> so, like Not one of them is currently <laughs> in prison. Yeah. I think that's From my memory. understanding. Memory. Yeah. <laughs> so let's, I think let's that's clarify. kind of, that's, yeah. yeah. I, <laughs> So I think that's kind of the answer is that if they're going to treat you like a child and you need to leave, you need to leave. I mean, so they shouldn't be treating you as a full grown adult, right? So then potentially you could leave. I mean, as a student, you could probably find uh, exactly uh, low cost housing on campus. It's or yeah. I was going to say, if you're saying you're preparing to go to college, yeah, I don't know how long that is, but you could move into a dorm and get out. Mm-hmm. Um, live in a house full on of the- 10 other people like that that yeah. happens live the student life yeah uh and, you uh, work 40 hours a week i mean it's it's not like you're not employable like yeah it's not like yeah, you're not responsible lots of people like, do it lots of people yeah. do it and i think you can do it too and i think yeah and, and frankly, they're gonna lose their son like this is a son yeah. right boy? yes he said he was a man yeah um not a boy a man and finally, they're going to ruin their relationship with you if they keep treating you like a child. And, and probably your other siblings. Yeah, right. Like, your other depending siblings on how old your too. younger siblings are, they probably shouldn't be treating them like this either. Mm-hmm. Like if your older, if your siblings are in high school or like later in high school, they should, you know, like have some of this be letting up too, because your parents' job is to be preparing you for being in the real world and taking on responsibilities. And one of those is increasing okay. your freedoms as you grow up to make sure that you are there in a safe space to learn these things. And they're they're not providing that; they're failing yeah. as parents. Mm-hmm. So it's just like having a job, you know, you go up to the tiers. Yeah. Like your your toddler, you're definitely having to be supervised. You're six, you know, when I grew up, you just send them out into the world. But otherwise, um, yeah. Did you have any, um, what kind of rules did you have on you when you were in your later teens? God, I'm sure I had a curfew of some sort, but I don't really remember there being a strict one. Uh Uh-huh. Um... Like, if I was going to be out late, I had to call and, like, you know, tell my parents or ask permission. Like, can I go out with my friends um, mm-hmm. and we'll be home at this time? I'm sure there were, like, reasonable rules. I don't remember any of them. So, they couldn't have been – they weren't traumatizing, obviously, because I don't remember them. Yeah. Yeah. 
Because you'd adhere to them anyway. Cause yeah, like, I was a goody two-shoes. Yeah, you're a goody just like me. Um, yeah. But there was a point where you weren't allowed to watch, like, PG-13 movies. Or, oh, that one came... Then, yeah, I remember that. You graduated from that. <laughs> like, yes, your mother's just yeah. like, okay, I get, you're fine. Go I think ahead. it was, like, when I was 13, I was then able to start... But, like, <laughs> I actually, like, have a distinct memory of, like, watching rated R movies as a young child. Uh-huh. And then one day my mom being like, you can't watch that as PG-13. And I was like... You let me watch a rated R movie the other day. Who cares? And then I mentioned this to somebody and like as an adult and they were like, you must have said something that made your mom realize that you now were at the point of really like understanding what you were seeing in movies. Like because beforehand it didn't matter if you didn't know what was going on or didn't understand the jokes or whatever. Not a big deal. You can watch it. But once you started comprehending, that was when she had to be like, okay, you can't watch it anymore until you're older. And I was like, that makes sense. You know, that's a valid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Yes. So. Some of those rated R movies I might have showed you <laughs> when you were too young to watch them. But oh well. Probably. Oh well. Um, yeah, I didn't have any rules. Okay. I don't remember. Maybe my younger self. Like, I had to be in bed, which I really was annoyed about. That I had to go to bed early and everybody else got to stay up later. But, I would stay up reading. Hmm? I would read until, like, 5 in the morning. And I'd go to sleep for two hours and get up and go to school and do shit. How, where did that energy go? I would like that energy back, please. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fuck. Um, what was the other thing? Oh, yeah. And then... I didn't have any rules because I was a goody two-shoes and they didn't bother with yeah. rules. And my, my father died when I was a little young and they just kind of, they're like, oh, well, whatever. <laughs> you like do yeah. whatever you need to do. And I was a goody two-shoes. Anyway. I'm pretty sure my yeah, siblings have a conversation had rules. Or move out. But, yeah. What? I'm pretty sure oh, my yeah. siblings had rules, but not me. Same. Which is, <laughs> well, that'd be, yeah, that's kind of, it's inverted because you're the oldest and I was the youngest. Yeah. 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 Okay, I think we're ready for the next one. Ready? Yes. All right, bear with us. It's kind of long. <clears throat> Excuse me. I <laughs> I am a 27-year-old woman and with a 35-year-old sister. Growing up, our relationship was not great with our parents. She was always very explosive as a teen, meaning I was seven to nine years old when she was most explosive. I blocked a lot of this out of out from my childhood, but one of my memories from that time was coming home to my sister burning our family photos outside in the fire pit. Another was where my dad dragged her across the floor screaming. One time they found her lingerie when she was in high school and asked me, a child, if I thought it was acceptable for my big sister to have them while she wailed in another room. There was a lot of physical, mental, and verbal abuse in my house. That's fucking gross. Yes. Like of the parents. Of the, like. Yes, absolutely. My sister now blames me for not doing more during this time. She branded herself the black sheep and me the perfect daughter. I think she craves being the center of attention and I am no perfect daughter. I struggle with depression and anxiety and I have no relationship with my father because of our childhood. Her, her new boyfriend, and I will be visiting our childhood home for the holidays. However, she told me she won't go unless I give up my childhood bedroom to her and the boyfriend. It is the only room with a queen-size bed. I told her no and that it was silly. It's my bedroom. 
Now she said she won't be coming at all. There are three other rooms in the house with twin beds. Now I am ruining her Christmas, and it's no surprise I'm treating her this way since no one ever cared about her growing up, and that I would rather see her sleep on the floors since I won't give her a room. What should I do? I feel like everyone in my family just excuses this this behavior and will tell me to go to another room, but I'm just tired of always getting pushed around by her. Signed, Failed Sisterhood. I have a totally different take after hearing you read this out loud than I did when I read it because I didn't really catch, for some reason, I didn't really catch her ages and I thought she was still living at home and the sister was like, get out of your room while I'm here. No, oh. you don't live there anymore. Give mm-hmm. her the room with the bigger bed for her and her, for her boyfriend. Like, you don't, it's not your room anymore. Like, it's your parents' house. Give them the bigger bed. There's two of them sleeping in it. That's, I mean, outside of all the other issues, that's the most pressing question you're asking here is, I think you should give her the fucking room with the bigger bed. Like, don't be petty. It's not a fight to fight. It's not a fight with fighting. It's it's not your room anymore. It's the room you use as a child, but you are not living there anymore. And it is now a guest room. And the person that has the best use for the be- for the guest room gets that one. So stop it and give her the fucking bedroom. Now, I mean, to all the other stuff. There are a lot of, you should go to therapy. Your sister should go to therapy. You should go to family therapy. You should cut off your parents. Probably all of those things. Yeah, but that's outside of to, the exact question. I'd actually, I'd actually encourage her to just not go and yeah, don't go. Create some boundaries for herself like, to keep yeah. herself safe. By the way, because this I is said very therapy, toxic. you said boundaries. Cheers, yeah, cheers. <laughs> yeah, get out of this. Like, cut yourself out from this situation. Yeah. Don't show. It. That would be mine. Like, of course, she'll that's get the true. bedroom. But I like that's true. How about you just stay home this time? Yeah, just stay home. Everyone. Let them do their thing. But the bedroom issue is like Stupid. a red herring, I guess. Exactly. It's, it's, it, that's not really what this is all about. And you have lots of legitimate gripes. You were seven to nine years what old. What the fuck were you supposed to do? How? What were you supposed to do? You were a child. She was a child, too. Like, the parents fucked up royally all oh, the yeah. way around. It's not your fault. It's not really her fault. Um... Yeah, place the blame where it needs to be placed. Uh, Your sister seems to be enabled by this situation, by this world. And that's her problem to deal with. I think you need to protect yourself and take it. Don't go this Christmas. (coughs) Yeah, don't go. Don't deal with this shit. Just, you know, go to a friend's house. Stay in and watch movies. Yeah. Talk to your therapist. Like the holidays aren't that important. I'm sorry, they aren't. Because yeah. anything can be a holiday. Is really anything can be a holiday. Yeah. Um, and yeah, make your own party. That's what I yeah. do a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm not sad about it. Um, yeah, that was actually the probably like shorter answer than the last one, which was a longer <laughs> question. I know, I know. I think that's it, though, right? Is that no. there's a lot of yeah. shit to deal with, and it's not about the bedroom. Yes, and I think if you're really annoyed with the situation, then take a break. Say, fine, I need to take a break from you guys. And I think that's legitimate, <coughs> legitimate, yeah, Le- and legitimate, legitimate. <laughs> 
<laughs> and I think it's really interesting too. One of the things you mentioned is like the mental health issues you have from that childhood, which I don't think people usually talk about as much with, if there's a golden child kind of thing, like it affects them too. And not only are, did your parents do a disservice to you individually, like especially to your sister, but to you too. And to both of you, because they basically destroyed any semblance you could have of having a relationship with your sister, frankly, mm-hmm. like they fucked up. They fucked up royally and uh, you need to make sure you're taking care of yourself and trying uh, while you deal with and recover from it. I can kind of actually speak to the whole golden child idea. Yeah, I think because, my probably could too. Yes. <laughs> but so I, uh, when I talk to my siblings about our childhood, they mm-hmm. see me as daddy's little girl, daddy's wow. favorite, like the golden child. Are you there? And my experience from my childhood was watching their interactions with my parents and know and learning from that and like knowing I didn't want that reaction. So it was really my golden child status was really protecting me from whatever fallout could happen. So it was really out of fear that I would try to keep myself. It sounds awful. And it, some of it was, but it's really, I was trying to keep myself safe. So it looked like I was doing everything I was supposed to, right? That I was perfect. But really, it was like, I don't want the wrath of my parents, a one parent in particular. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's, I, I would see the wrath toward my siblings. And I'm like, okay, I need to do something separate so I don't get that. And that's probably, I imagine that's kind of where she's coming from, that she'd Mm -hmm. see this conflict with her parents and she'd be like, I have to go the other way because this is terrifying. It's like self-preservation and instinct. It's not, it's not like, it's not like the person or this person or anyone like is like, like actively gloating in the, where's their favorite? It's like an act of self-preservation and safety, so. I think that's really where she's coming from. It's really self-preservation. Yeah. It's not she's yeah. the golden child and she, right. the other one's the black sheep. It's, yeah. I agree. So I, kind of feel, I feel for this person. I think she just needs to take a holiday off. Yes, that's I the agree. Answer. Um, I, this one actually kind of spoke to me, so I appreciate this one. Anyway, okay. Okay. Um, a co-worker was interviewing a potential job candidate over zoom she proceeded to send a screenshot of this person to another female co-worker calling him really cute is this appropriate behavior or wait is this appropriate behavior or innocent fun it seems very unprofessional signed is it time to call hr i don't think yes the answer is is yeah. that it's unprofessional <laughs> But you not, should call HR. I don't know. Yes, I think you should just give them a look. Like that's not appropriate. But I don't know. I think like HR should know about this so they can have a fucking conversation with her about what's appropriate not to protect themselves. Yeah. Like yeah. they can get sued if this ever got out. I feel like like that'd be discrimination if he like found this out and then didn't get hired or did and then like. I think you should call HR or tell a manager and your manager can deal with it and tell HR if they think it needs to be, but like super inappropriate. Yeah. Super inappropriate. I mean, does she have evidence though? Like, 
I mean, I don't, I don't think she needs to build a case, but no, like, how does she find out about this? Like, that's true. Like, were you a copy on it? Did they tell you, mm -hmm. did they come to you and tell you because they felt uncomfortable about it because if they felt uncomfortable and then you definitely need to escalate it to somebody. It depends on your role too. Like, I don't know what role you have here. Are you their manager? Are you just another Mm. bystander? Are you a hiring manager? Like, I think it's unprofessional. And uh, it's concerning and, and deserves a conversation. Yeah. It's concerning and deserves a conversation. Yeah. And then some HR training, some sexual yeah. harassment training. That's kind of, um, that's it. This question made me worried. <laughs> now I need a gut check on this. I have said in my, cause I like handle a lot of like photo shoots and video shoots at work. And I have said to some of my coworkers, my company, our company is filled with people that are like, a lot of people that are above the objective, like objectively attractive scale to the <laughs> yeah. point that some of our photo shoots look like we've hired like lifestyle models. Like, <laughs> like people would look at them like, do these people really work there? And they do. I'm not talking like, they're not like high fashion models, but they look like, like lifestyle models. Like you would see in a magazine or something. I've said that out loud and I'm like, is that inappropriate <laughs> after reading this question? <laughs> I, I think it might be, but <laughs> I also I also think it makes sense in the kind of world the kind of world that you live in right now yeah. or work in is that people have money and they take care of themselves and yeah. they look good. Like I also haven't been like this what happens or anything like that. You know, right, like, right, I'm right, just right. like as a group and the people that choose to participate because it's open. Like as a whole, I'm like, it looks like we hired models to do this shoot rather than yeah, use our own yeah. employees. And we did yeah. use our own employees. I know. <laughs> I so, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I don't think so. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. It's hard to tell now, which is not yeah. a bad thing. We should be questioning these things. Right. And look, I'm not saying it's not normal to find somebody attractive. Or to think mm-hmm. that someone you work with is really good looking and talk about it with your coworkers and be like, I know that person's good looking. That's fine. Where it comes comes an issue is when you are in a hiring space and there is any way that that could be potentially construed as affecting a hiring decision. You mm-hmm. could turn somebody else away and then they could get a hold of this and they could make the argument that you hired that person over them because they were really attractive. Like you are opening up floodgates for potential issues down the road by allowing this to happen that's why i think it should go to hr because i mean part of it like no is attractiveness a protected class no you know but but gender is and so if a woman is passed over for this man and were to find this out she could argue that that is why like i've I had to go through hiring training earlier this year. So I guess I just have this lawyer's advice in my brain on like how you have to be really careful with this sort of thing. Like that's why the perspective I'm coming at it from and why I think that it is worth mentioning to somebody like, and you know what, you could go to HR and they could be like, this isn't a big deal. If it's not a big deal, HR will be like that. Actually, that's safe. You're fine. But wouldn't you Mm -hmm. rather know that? Yeah. I mean, it might just be, I mean, it's really all. I, I've been in some interviews where they would answer questions, they would ask questions not on the page of questions that we, we have to ask. We get mm-hmm. a transcript of questions that we are allowed to ask our our um, interviewees. Okay. And someone would ask a random question. I'm like, you're not allowed to ask something of one interviewee and not of another. Yeah. You have to follow this transcript. 
Yeah. And I have like a list. Yeah. Every time I'm interviewing, I have a list of the questions I have. Do I hit every single one for every interviewee, every candidate? No, because sometimes these go long sometimes, but like, I want to make sure that I'm hitting the same content. Also, how do, how are you supposed to evaluate them against one against the other? If you're not asking them the same questions, mm-hmm. like, so yeah. yeah, I had it where my supervisor would, would be asking crazy questions. And I'm like, we can't, we can't do that. We can't do that. She's no, yeah. she's retired. Um, <laughs> and it's not my supervisor uh, who was completely ethical. And she taught me all the HR rules. She was so ethical yeah. that she accidentally made a long distance personal phone call on a work phone. And she called me and she's like, how do I reimburse the company for this long distance phone call. And finally HR came back. It's like, it's more work to reimburse the phone call than it is for Jennifer to figure out what, how did she reimburse the phone call? Like, yeah, just, it's okay. Let it go. That's so funny. Uh, yeah. Yeah. She sounds ethical or they sound ethical and just, yeah. Ask HR. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds good. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Okay, that's it. We did it. That's it. All right. Hey, I'm putting on my calendar right now that we're recording on the 19th. We're gonna get drunk. We're gonna get drunk. We're gonna get. We should. I should get Paul to make me his uh his Manhattan. Manhattan. Yeah, which was the first drink I had that we had to (laughs) re-record because that's when I broke my computer. <laughs> I forgot you broke your computer. I just remember us getting very shammered. I pre-drank. I was doing fucking shots beforehand because I was like, I gotta be drunk when we start. Like, yeah. all right. I blocked off four to seven. Okay. I'm drunk yep, recording did, yep. with Jennifer. Yeah, that might too. not be the exact time, but we're doing it. We're doing it. We're going back to our roots, man. Every once in a while, it's okay. Well, I got really enjoy. drunk at the conference and threw up. Oh my gosh! Really? I, like, I didn't tell you. I was like laying in bed. We're done <laughs> from the night. And I was like, should I get up and try to throw up? I always do this. I cannot make myself throw up in these situations, but I'm always like, what if I would feel better if I did? Like, and got rid of some of this alcohol. And so I tried. Nothing happened. I went back and laid down. All of a sudden, I was like, well, it's gonna happen. And yeah i i know those conversations (laughs) i'm like if i just throw up like it'll be annoying locally but then my brain will start to clear up a little bit yeah and it won't be dizzy having the disease i also have a hard time with it because as a child and teenager i was constantly accused of having an eating disorder and yeah and i would not have thought that yeah, well, I mean, I, I didn't like, yeah. eat a lot at sometimes. Like, and so they're like, oh, and I was really skinny in high school, so people constantly just assumed or told or talked to me about how I must have an eating disorder. So, um, so now I do have a bit of a mental block about like trying to like make myself throw up because because of that. Because there are times where I'm like, I have food poisoning. I can tell. Like, something I ate is not good, and I need to rid my body of it, and I can't do it. I can't make myself throw up. Wow. Like, I I physically, I will have my thing. This is gross. But, like, I mean, I will be trying, and I can't do it. Yep, I'll have a finger. Wow, really? I'm trying to make my, I can't. Wow. 
Wow, that's interesting. Which is funny because yeah. I have a, I do have a fairly active gag reflex unless I'm <laughs> yeah. trying to make myself throw up and then I can't do it. Oh, so. yeah. No, I'm, I'm really good. That gag reflex, I got that. Like, Ugh. yeah. Yeah, I will gross, say though, but... like Chase also knows what to say to make me throw up. Like, <laughs> like, like one time I did eat something bad and I was like trying and I couldn't, I felt so sick. And he came up and he was like, Hey, remember when we were like on the train in Chicago and, um, somebody had puked and it was like rolling down and I was like, <gasps> Oh yes. The puke. You can imagine the puke and the smell and the, okay. Maybe I don't want to yep, get things Cause I here. am a sympathy puker, <laughs> which is also funny that I can't make myself puke, but I can't, I can't. So. Yeah. Yeah. No, I get it. I don't get it, but I can make myself puke when I need to. I'm not a, a puker, generally speaking, but yeah. yeah. I'm like, I know how to get it out of me. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, that's a good, that's a good fun story way to the end. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Let's yeah. have the puking story at the end. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. Love, Love it, you. I'll talk to you later. Yeah. Have Bye. fun. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to Inebrated Input. I'm Kim. And I'm Jennifer. If you enjoyed the podcast, please rate and review us so other people can find us. If you didn't, then bugger off. JK, we like constructive feedback. Feel free to tell us. <laughs> and please, 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 please send us your questions at inebriated.input at gmail.com. We can't make the podcast without your questions, and we promise that we will keep your name out of it. <laughs> okay. You can also submit questions and learn more at inebriatedinput.com. If you want, you can also sponsor us on Patreon, where we have cool swag as thank yous. Okay. okay. Thanks. thanks. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye.